Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch, and we're live here at Millburgers, where a lot of your gardening friends are here today uh, doing some shopping, lots of great things on sale, uh, and uh, we encourage you on this bright, sunny day without a cloud in the sky to come on by and visit with us, um, and uh, we can answer your gardening question in person, or you can call us at 210 308 8867-210-308-8867. And most people have on their mask. Yeah, so you can feel comfortable. Including us. Yep, we do. <laughs> we are, are wearing our mask. That dog doesn't have a mask on, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, it's a cute dog. Hey, Jeff, uh, uh, Calvin just had a person walk up and realize we're on the radio. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite, and he didn't have to send them away mad or crying. No. He, he, he was like, oh, oh, that's what most people do when they see the mics and they, well, they kind of go, do you know where the bath, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, we had one earlier, Cherry, though, that came up and I had been fielding questions and Milton intercepted this one and said, we're on the radio here. And so, kind of, he left, yeah. and then he went and talked to one of the uh, staff people. And, of course, the staff people brought him back here. To yeah, <laughs> and he was trying to explain, no, 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 they're, they're on the radio. We can't talk to them. <laughs> All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. I answered a question before the show started. Get out of here. Uh-huh, I'm proud. And then I verified it with Calvin. He said it, uh... Said it sounded good. Okay, good. Uh, they, uh, what was it? It was, they have a blue plumbago and uh, they have a white plumbago. Yeah. All planted in the same area. Their blue plumbago is going gangbuster. Right. Their white plumbago, it's not blooming so much. Right. And I said, oh, that's because white plumbagos don't bloom as much as blue plumbagos. Exactly right. Well, part of the reason I knew that is I have one. <laughs> and it, it, it's pretty. But nothing compared to the blue plum. No, uh-uh. yeah, the, the, the blue is, is really vigorous. Well, they're really right now. It's a prime time for them. They're going, going so, strong all over. I think. You know why it's the prime time? Oh, there's another reason too. You're well, right. They're on sale. They are on sale. <laughs> and they're, they're, you're right. They're blooming all around town. I should look good. I tell you what, I've been noticing that's just killer everywhere. It's Sinisa. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things, people that have manicured the plant, they're just solid bloom. Yeah. Yeah, I saw one. I was going to send you a picture. I'll have to send it. I'll send it now. But the um, I was driving down Oblate, I think. Yeah. And there was a home that had one, and you couldn't see the green. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. It had nice, um, fluffy purple flowers, too. I don't know what that was. Hmm. hmm that might have been. 
Was the, the Lynn's Legacy have kind of a fluffy flower? Yeah, no. Kind of a blue, though. It's blue. Oh, no, then it wasn't that. Well, well I'll Jer- find the Jerry picture. Jerry and I, when we first saw that Lynn's Legacy at uh, Mi- Mitchell, Mitchell Lake. Lake, it took us a while. We, it was like <laughs> three or two, four looks at it. Yeah, when I first saw it at the Botanical Garden, I thought it was an azalea. I was yeah. ri- riding with Paul Cox, and uh, I said, is that an azalea up there? Is it, it's on the side of the hill, too. Uh, there, uh, up toward the p- tower, you know, that you walk up and look over yeah. the city. And uh, he said, no, that's uh, uh, Sinisa that uh, Lynn, Lynn brought in, Lynn Lowry brought in. What does that mean, Milton? That We're going to get some rain. Someday. Someday. Huh? I think we I think we figured two weeks from the time they bloom to uh, the rain. Oh, we, we give them two weeks. Well, well, you know, they're not, they're, you know, the weather people you don't get angry with when they say it's going (laughs) to rain, it doesn't rain. You'll you'll appreciate uh, the question I had on the email. They had one that was growing to nine feet. And it's not, yeah, it's not blooming. And they said, uh, how low can we cut it to get it to bloom? And of course, being a suspicious person, knowing that every single one in the whole city is booming, <laughs> I said, oh, but it's in the shade. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I said, if it smells yeah. shade, it won't bloom. Yeah. I said, if it's nine foot not blooming, it's not going to bloom at five yeah. foot. And right. She, and she she did not accept that. She did not happy with that. Yeah, she, she was certain that there was a happy, there was a... Uh, a Height that it would that bloom. Was good, perfect for booms, and it had nothing to do with the shade. But yeah, but they will. They kind of get leggy. You, you, you get a little suspicious when they get grow that tall and leggy. And of course, if they're not blooming, you suspect that they're yeah that they're in the shade. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, I I think my man Manuel Flores used to say, "Cut them to the ground." Wow, that's how far he said cut them back. And they'll 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 reach proud, but uh, uh, not bloom in the yeah. shade. Well, I have a whole shrub border over on one side of the yard that used to have uh, firebush blooming in it, and ceniza uh, and all yeah. those. And, but but it has a Texas red oak. The Texas red oak, of course. Oh no, it's gotten now, bigger. And now it's yeah, it's covered everything. So all the these remnant plants with no blooms in them. Yeah. Firebush will not bloom in the shade either. Yeah. It, it amazes me that they just keeps coming back every year. <laughs> and Sinisa keeps coming back with no blooms, of course. Well, when Greg went to, Greg Grant went to Belize, you know, he fi- he uh, fi- found firebush native growing over there. That's where it's native from. And uh, he found one that was growing in the shade. And he brought it back, but it, it's not a very good bloomer. And it's got bigger leaves, which you would expect yeah. of a plant in the shade. Well, that, even those that uh, kind of where the shade is growing over them have have, to have a tendency to have big leaves compared to the ones right, from, absolutely. From the sun. Yeah. But uh, those are good plants, and like I said, they're on sale. Blue plumbago's on sale, mm-hmm. and they got my. 
favorite deer proof plant, Thrallis, is on sale. Yeah, yeah. lots of good looking Thrallis. Is that right? And yeah. it's, it's blooming, I blooming, guess. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it'll bloom all summer long, and the deer won't touch it. Don't seem to. No. That's one of the <laughs> plants, uh, other than Vinca, that uh, we've never seen deer eat it. And I like it planted. I think it's a good mix with, uh, especially with Esperanza, but also with firebush and poinciana. Yeah, yeah, they all they all uh, look good, especially desirable series of plants for like in the middle of a parking lot or someplace. Oh yeah, they prosper in that kind of hot, dry situation. And they've got uh, Gold Star Esperanza on sale too. Uh, is that blooming? Yes, everywhere. <laughs> and we, we we laugh about that because that's one yeah. of the, one of the characteristics of uh, uh, Gold Star is that it blooms from about two feet on. <laughs> yeah. In fact, don't buy it if it's not blooming small or got buds on it. Uh, buds on it. I was telling Jerry last week that I saw. I don't. I don't know if you were here or not. Uh, going down, I think San Pedro. They had a a poinciana planted amongst the the um, gold star esperanza. Yeah, that's pretty. And that's such a pretty combination. That red and yellow. Yeah. Takes a good picture too. Yeah, I bet I'll have to take a picture. <laughs> and in it most neighborhoods, both of them are probably survive. Although we're finding. That uh, some of them, both of those get eaten, and some the oh. flowers at least get yeah. eaten in some neighborhoods. Yeah. Mine now, I thought uh, poinciano got eaten, but uh, as of the last few years, they haven't been eating it. So it's maybe they uh, figured out it didn't taste very yeah, good. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> that, that you laugh, but that, that that's true. You know, during a severe drought, they'll be they'll eat things that they. No. Wouldn't eat uh, when the weather has been pretty decent. Okay, Milton. Yeah? You know how I usually brag on Calvin's articles? Oh, I mean, we can't stop you sometimes. I know it. Well. Oh, no. He fell in it on this this week's article. Oh, dear. Second paragraph. He didn't even get to the third paragraph before there was a problem? No. June is a good time to seed Bermuda grass or buffalo grass. <laughs> what in the hell are you thinking? Hey, just uh, <laughs> you. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, but you, he, from what he sounds like, you you would think he doesn't find buffalo grass as a desirable. I don't. Choice. I, I Absolutely. Some people must. I would guess, and they would they would oh. want to know when to plant it by seed. Sure. Yeah. Quit it. <laughs> the reason they have the reason they put buffalo sod on the market is because they uh, improved, got an improved buffalo, supposedly improved buffalo grass. And uh, of course, Calvin did the original testing on that buffalo grass. Yeah, and, yeah. and wrote a wrote a wonderful article on it. You ought to rerun that article, uh, Calvin. Maybe not. 
<laughs> well, Jerry almost got arrested. Yeah. That hour. Yeah. I definitely got sued. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for using Calvin's he, column. And he changed just and, a few words. Yeah, I just, ch- just put a few words in there, and it upset the side girl. Okay, yeah. But the reason it upset the there's a little girl. There's a little difference when you... When you write, here's what I did, and here's the performance I got, <laughs> um, I didn't expect that. Why do you think I got that different performance? Yeah. I don't know. And then Jerry came across and said, that stuff stinks. That does, stuff doesn't work the way you say it, it does. And yeah. <laughs> I no, I didn't. I just made one, put one sentence in there. One expression. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken feathers. That's the only sentence I put in there. And that sent them over the top. <laughs> I think they got the gist of the thing. And uh, They apparently did not like that. The, uh... I don't think they liked that sentence. Hmm. But anyway, uh, then Calvin, even later, he adds to the problem. Says another option if you have Bermuda grass, zoysia, and buffalo grass is to let it go dormant during the hottest, driest part of the summer. But the grass browns but does not die. When temperatures cool and rains resume, the grass quickly greens up. Now I dis I disagree with that because uh, the best way to handle buffalo grass in the summer. Is is water the water very so, often so that the weeds grow in it? No, the Bermuda grass. Yeah, with the, weeds. Yeah, <laughs> and the Bermuda grass is a lot better looking than the buffalo grass. Oh, so if you water it, the Bermuda grass will take over. I know it's hard to believe, but there are some folks that use yeah, buffalo grass and, and like it, and yeah. it grow, grow it kind of like a ground cover at four and a half inches or. Taller and they, they do fairly well with it. Well, that's a good idea. We would like for those to call in today. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> those that have had buffalo grass and had to remove it, we can also take your calls too. But uh, <clears throat> like like the the lawsuit said, I had to come up something positive about buffalo grass, and I came up with a deal where. There is a place for buffalo grass. No, no. It's about 100 miles west of here. Oh, okay. Not in San Antonio. Junction grass. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing about it, uh, me talking about watering it so the Bermuda grass will take it over, which it will, and uh, is uh, I've seen that happen at Jones Mossberger that was planting out there. And the funniest part about it was uh, when buffalo grass first came on the market, uh, our, our horticulturist over at College Station, Bill Welch, uh, planted some, I mean, you know, to, to evaluate it. And he was talking about how wonderful it was. Uh, it stayed green all the time and everything. And Greg Grant went over there and looked at his yard. Guess what, what it was, Jerry. Oh, oh. It's Bermuda, Bermuda. Oh, and it overrun uh, it. Yeah, overrun it. <laughs> and uh, we agreed that but, uh, his, his lawn was green and pretty because it was Bermuda grass. Yeah. Anyway. How did he take that information? 
But anyway, uh, he took it and good. He, no, he he didn't. Nothing about plants phased him. He just went on to the next one. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's got a good article there talking about how to uh, how to make keep your grass looking long, uh, nice, and uh, he said we can still fertilize, right? I'm thinking that because uh, because the lawn, the lawns are uh, just Same starting to look good, good, and if we got, of course. I just have to cite Milton and the Ceniza. We're going to have some rain. <laughs> now, it's it's not in the forecast, but the Ceniza say yes. So yeah, we'll it's see. sure not in the forecast. Well, it's not for two weeks. Yeah. One, one of those decision. One of the things that uh, help us make a decision about fertilizing a little later in the summer is that if we have access to rain or irrigation. Now, of course, if they call drought restrictions. Yeah, oh. and then that's probably not not a wise thing to uh, to fertilize because it's harder to get an efficiency out of it. But I, but I think I would, if you didn't fertilize before and your grass is looking good now, get the fertilizer down pretty good. Is a slow release lawn fertilizer still on sale? Uh, no, no. no? Okay. I, uh, yeah, I I won't mind to. Uh, Slow down growing. My my oh, grass yeah. is growing like a house of fire. Is it? Yeah. Just your and the uh, more it, uh, uh, every week, or it gets extremely tall. Yeah. Well, that's a this time of the year. It's yeah. It's young and I haven't of, watered. Mowed every I haven't watered at all. Uh-huh. I had a little uh, re <clears throat> re uh, growth of uh, rescue grass kind of. Oh, did you? Kind of spindly. Seeding came up with that big rain. We I had. think I got some too. Yeah, but uh, it mows good when it mows. Oh, they CC, mow it yeah. down. It does good. Uh, Kevin talks about uh, for summer color in the full sun. Plant ghost Esperanza, firebush, Ponciana, thryalis, duranta, salvia, and lantana. Those are all summer winters. Summer. We got some really nice uh, Mexican bush sage. Oh, they're right here too. Nice, nice big plants. Yeah. Oh, but Duranta and firebush are deer proof in most neighborhoods. Uh, that's true. And if you don't plant uh, a gold star esperanza and uh, thryalis at this time of the year. You'll you'll regret it as summer heats up and goes on because that'll be the only thing blooming in the landscape. And you don't have to <clears throat> waste any water on. Well, I guess if you planted them new, you would probably yeah. water them every cu- couple of weeks. Right now, Duranta is uh, is uh, one of those plants that quite often will freeze back, so it was subtropical. But it is—it's one of the unbelievable plants in terms of attracting butterflies. Yeah, it's pretty. It is in the fall. It'll get covered with when the monarchs come back in the fall, and then the queens are there. Uh, our uh, gardener uh, um, Bart, that uh, talks to with us on the phone and did some experiments yeah, with for Jerry. Blue bombs. Uh, yeah. He, that's where I first saw Duranta, and I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I would, <laughs> 
you know, you, I didn't couldn't recognize the plant. It was so covered with with butterflies. Absolutely. I did recognize the butterflies are there. Gotcha. Is uh, how's Bart's bluebonnet experiment going? Is it over? He I think it. it is. I think it is. Over. Oh, okay. <laughs> he cut it back too much. Rather than removing the individual bloom, oh, he... or individual after they bloom, he he cut the whole plant in half, in half or in a third. Oh, so it took off. And then uh, they don't take that. The blue the bluebonnet plant can't take cut back, especially after it's gone to seed. But uh, those are good good plants to use. And uh, also, uh, I always we always talk about people with deer. <laughs> and uh, uh, Millburgers are stocked up on the uh, uh, Vinca Cora series, a periwinkle oh, cora yeah. series. I mean, how many rows of it? <laughs> there's like several benches. Yeah, there's a lot. There's like five of one of our all different colors. It really, it really looks, and you can see what it's going to look like planted in mass. But yeah. oh yeah, one of our uh, listeners that stopped by this morning, she, she was the one that had planted a whole area of vinca. Not that wasn't Cora. Uh oh. Oh yeah. Oh and wow. That, and that she ended up with Phytophthora. Uh, Some and of it. So does. she's now she's now replanted <clears throat> everything with Cora. Yeah. Okay. And then I want you might want to try if you've had an experience even with Cora uh, with Phytophthora. You may want to try. They've got a new Cora. That's supposed to be more disease resistant than the original. XDT? Yeah. Extra disease resistant? Something yeah, like that? yeah. Okay. Good going, Milton. I know, I wasn't sure. But uh, that's on the tag, I think. Yeah. And it's in different colors and everything else. So, And uh, the the Cora series is on sale. The Periwinkle of Ink is on sale for, uh, in shades of... Uh, Pink, white, rose, and red. Excellent flower beds and containers that receive hot, reflective sun. Disease and deer resistance. Let's see if I see. Four-inch pot, regularly a dollar twenty-nine. On sale for ninety-eight cents. Yep. I mean, and there's so many colors. Hey, we got to take a break. Okay. All right. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. Outside of San Antonio, you can call us toll free at 866-308-8867. Got more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road, and we're going to talk Texas Superstars. Millburgers features Texas Superstars this weekend, and Texas Superstars are plants that have a proven track record of doing well in South Texas and throughout the state of Texas. Now, 
We got some great ones on sale this week. Let's start talking about them. Vinca Periwinkle, the Cora series, is a Texas superstar. They look absolutely gorgeous. You see them blooming around town, and in the four-inch pot, they're now just ninety-eight cents each. You've got to love Blue Plumbago. If you own Blue Plumbago, you love Blue Plumbago. And right now, in the number one pot, four eighty-eight. Don't wait on this one because the last time they were taking them off the rack as we were putting them on the ground. Texas Lilac Vitex is blooming all around. Around town, and you can get it right now in the number three container for just eighteen eighty-eight. Gold Star Esperanza is on sale. Thoralis is on sale, and much, much more at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, sixteen oh four on Boulevardy Road. Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867. Before we start talking about gardening, I want to tell you about uh, something else about your home. That's if you've got bugs, roaches, fleas, ticks, if there's something bugging Just send them to Jerry. Send them to Jerry. Or if you don't want to pack them up and send them to Jerry. Yeah, I, I have the, a uh, re- relocation program. Yeah, you rehabilitate them and send them back out yeah, in the wild. like they do the dogs and cats. That yeah. closely matches the COVID-19 project. <laughs> you may have a different philosophy and want to take care of them differently. So I want you to call Spider-Man Termite They're and Pest Control. Since 1976, Warren, Remy, and Spider-Man have been helping people to keep their homes pest-free. And what I like about it, too, is they look at it holistically, meaning they're going to see what the, not only, because you get this complaint a lot. People complain that they came, their pest control company came, and it was the problem was solved for two, two weeks. And then all of a sudden everything was back, and they had to come and spray again. Well, that's because they hadn't taken care of, they had treated but hadn't taken care of the problem that was causing the problem. So uh, that's what you can count on with Spider-Man, to look at the well, problem I think, as a whole. I think, too, though, Spider-Man expects his customers to make it. You know, there's a lot of choices in how to treat. Yeah. And he expects uh, to get enough information that he, working with the customer, he can make a decision on on the control that uh, meets the customer's <laughs> need and then uh, controls the insect. But you can't. You know, you can't just toss it over to them. You gotta gotta work with them, and uh, and you, then you're happy in the long term, like you described, Milton. Yeah. So uh, that's another good thing is he's going to talk to you about how you want to treat, and then give you options on how well that works. Um, and uh, we'll have to have Warren call us because he had some good stuff for mosquitoes, uh, besides the into care system that was really interesting. So. Warren, if you're listening, call us. All right, the number for Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control is 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721. there's that door firebush. That... On the web at GoSpiderManPest.com. GoSpiderManPest.com. All right, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Yeah, uh, Calvin was just pointing out. Uh oh, Calvin was just pointing out that somebody's walking out with some uh, dwarf firebush, and uh, it's a smaller plant and uh, has smaller blooms than the uh, common or the regular one. Foliage looks a little lighter to me too. Yeah, that's what I wanted to name the 
the regular one, the Laredo Firebush, because that's where basically where it came from. But uh, they they have them both on sale here. Uh, compact Firebush is on sale. I don't I don't know if the regular Firebush is on sale. But anyway, they're over there together. The only way, the of course, the tags probably say dwarf uh, firebush, compact firebush. But the uh, the uh, will again have longer blooms, bigger bigger blooms, and uh, it's a bigger plant, of course. So uh, anyway, if you want to try this compact firebush, uh, it's on sale now. Uh, yeah, good price it's, too. It says the uh, number two pot. It says it's a Texas superstar. The compact is not. the The regular fi- uh, firebush was a second superstar name. Oh huh. wow! Who was the first? Uh, Blue Bonnie. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Gosh, I, you can't you can't do anything without with Jerry without getting blue bonnets involved. I there know. <laughs> are there any zinnias that are Texas Superstar? No. <laughs> Can you imagine that? We need a, sec- a Texas Superstar zinnia. <laughs> Obviously, Calvin is not on the uh, board. Calvin, get on the board. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, but your Theralis is a Texas Superstar. Yeah, absolutely. And, he got a lot of Texas Superstars. Yeah, we're kind of featuring there. him this week. Yeah, Gold Star Esperanza. And you notice... Uh, how many of those plants have, uh, are designated as butterfly attracting? Right, yeah. You, they, yeah, it, you rec- you, Milbergers mm. recognizes the, uh, the uh, fun of uh, planting things that bring in the butterflies. You get the double bang. You get the nice-looking plants and, and also very interesting and attractive butterflies. Yeah. They've also got skull cap. It says it attracts butterflies. And uh, it's on sale, too. It's right over there, yeah. And uh, got oleanders on sale. I, I, don't, I don't know if butterflies or hummingbirds go to oleanders. I was trying to, I was kind of like you. I was trying to remember. You know, I think the oleander was much more widely used 20 years ago than... Oh, yeah, than the freezes. Yeah. Took them out. And I was trying to remember... I, I can't think of any reason why they wouldn't be using it because the blooms look like they might, but yeah. uh, but I I can't can't yeah. swear by it. I can't re- I can't remember that either. Uh, Neil Ferris, question yeah. and answer. Should I give the number again? Yeah, please do. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight. Go, Calvin, go. Come on, you got it. 66, 87. 88, 88. <laughs> 210, you got that. Okay, two, 308. 308. 88. 88. 67. I've got to figure out a way for you to remember that. Yeah, I've only, only been working with it for it's okay. 22, We're get you there. 23 years. You never had to remember it. It's like when you can't remember your own address or your own phone number. You never call the show. So, you know, I, I, we. but anyway, all right. Anyway, uh, Neil Sperry did what? He got a question that a lot of people have in San Antonio here. Says our HOA is requiring that we modify floor plans 
for new construction. How close to the beautiful native oaks can we pour the foundation? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people suffer with that. And Neil says, <laughs> have a certified arborist come on site to help you. It will depend on the type of oak. We have mainly live oaks around here. Whether any fill will be added, that's especially damaging, or any roots cut. Also, on the health and vigor of the trees and whether the house will have one or two floors. Allow enough room for the growth of the trunk. Ideally, you'll be at least 8 to 10 feet away, but with care, you could be closer. Now, uh, I say the bigger the live oak, the more, the more likely it is that you might damage it. Uh, the smaller uh, live oaks, I've seen, and I'm talking about uh, 8 to 10 inches in diameter, the trunk. Uh, I've seen them two-thirds of the root removed from a live oak. Uh, the, uh, my, the driveway adjoining my property had a had a cut made for the driveway and uh, you could see the roots protruding out over uh, uh, three-fourths of percent three-fourths of the of the tree's roots <coughs> now that tree lost its leaves for five or six leaves five or six years in other words had, had sparse growth uh, most people at this day and age would call it uh, uh, oak wilt, <laughs> but uh, the eventually I, I watered. I was watering a flower bed on the other two th a third of the of the root system, and uh, eventually that tree has come back now. Uh -huh. yeah, if you remember, even with three-fourths of the root system yeah. removed. I don't know if you remember when I lived out at Villages of West Creek, <clears throat> they uh, tried to preserve the live oaks, and they, the live oaks were six foot above the surface of the road, and they made these little islands. Yeah. Yeah, and the islands were about 12 <laughs> feet around. And that was it. I mean, they, basically, they cut all the roots off except for that little 12 foot. And I, I, I should go back there and see how they, they kind of, they were hanging on fine for the, <laughs> the five years I was there. But they, now, on the other hand, if you uh, got post oaks and you get yeah. them, look at them cross-eyed, they're yeah. they're not going to survive. Uh, but live oaks, they're pretty tough. That's a good point on the size of the tree because, uh, like Texas red oak is in that kind of same category. If they're relatively small, they can adjust to almost anything that you uh, put to them. Once they get to uh, treasured size, yeah. then, and then they become le less flexible. A lot, a lot of people buy lots. They're building lots for the big oaks that and, are on the on the property. And they can be uh, they can have thirty or forty thousand dollars to the oh, property value. Yeah. Mm. And they and they put a little fence around them, yeah. 
And then the uh, building equipment, uh, tractors and whatever, compacts the soil around the root system, which is just as damaging as uh, as anything else. And uh, what he said, what uh, Neil said about the uh, the fill, I've seen that happen in my backyard too, where we had a had a tree there and they came in and put just several feet of fill around the and it killed that tree uh-huh. that tree was uh probably uh 16 inches in diameter and it it the, the sad thing about it is uh, a lot of times builders damage only t- is only apparent after five to six years oh so, uh, so they're long gone. And yeah, the law builders are long gone. Yeah, I, th- I think they're. I think generally trees are more sensitive to addition of fill than they are to agitation of the soil or yeah, cutting yeah. some roots. Right. It just. Uh, well, we we see that now. We see this in young trees too. Uh, I think Neil has has one in there where where uh, one of the t- where a tree was just planted six or eight inches too deep. Yeah. And uh, in a couple of years, you see the results of that too. That trees are just not designed to be deeper than they uh, are in nature. Yeah. yeah, and and you can see that on your trees. If the if the if you can't see the top of the root ball, if it's been transplanted, uh, you probably got it too deep. And you can see that it was planted too deep because the trunk goes straight into the ground. It's straight where it goes into the ground. Yeah, no right. side, no side branching at all. Yeah. So uh, we have to be careful with our trees. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Take a second to talk to you about Deck and Patio Care by Barry Hagendorf. And I know that... Um, People are coming around to your homes, and they're, uh, they're they're asking if you got hail, and they're talking about your roof, and they're going to fix it. Uh, we did have someone came come by and say, if you call your insurance company, and this is kind of where I'll, you'll see where I'm going to go with this, make sure that you you know use the right wording and make sure that they're looking at everything uh, because your deck and is is covered as well. So if you got hail damage on that deck. Uh, your insurance, according to Barry Hagendorf, is supposed to cover it. Uh, and he's, he'd be a good resource to call uh, if you did have damage to let him kind of evaluate it and tell you that. And he'll work with your insurance companies as well. Uh, but the time to do it is before you put the claim and, and uh, get it all settled. Uh, so give Barry a call if you need that deck repaired. Or now we're getting into deck season where it's nice to sit out in the morning and enjoy the uh, uh, the coolness of the day or to close out your afternoon sitting on the deck. Uh, if you don't like the way that deck looks, Deck and Patio Care by Barry Hagendorf can help too. I'm going to give you the phone number, 210-822-9147, 210-822-9147. But I'm going to give you the website because the proof is in the picture 
That's deckandpatiocare.com, deckandpatiocare.com. Take a look at the website and see what they're doing. And um, I think you'll be really, really pleased with uh, the results that you see there. And then you can begin to imagine how that would look at your place. That's deckandpatiocare.com. We're going to take a quick break. Come back in a moment on 9.30 a.m. This is The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road, and we're going to talk Texas Superstars. Millburgers features Texas Superstars this weekend, and Texas Superstars are plants that have a proven track record of doing well in South Texas and throughout the state of Texas. Now, we got some great ones on sale this week. Let's start talking about them. Vinca, Periwinkle, the Cora series is a Texas superstar. They look absolutely gorgeous. You see them blooming around town. And in the four-inch pot, they're now just 98 cents each. You've got to love Blue Plumbago. If you own Blue Plumbago, you love Blue Plumbago. And right now, in the number one pot, 488. Don't wait on this one, because the last time they were taking them off the rack as we were putting them on the ground. Texas Lilac Vitex is blooming all around town, and you can get it right now in the number three container for just eighteen eighty-eight. Gold Star Esperanza is on sale. Thoralis is on sale, and much, much more at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, sixteen oh four on Boulevardy Road. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. It's a nice, bright, sunny day, and we've got a phone call from Mike on the line at 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. Mike, welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. What's going on? So, well... Uh, my question is, I recently purchased a 30-gallon bulb cypress, and um, it's, still in the, it's still in the container, and I'm just starting to get a little, a little concerned that it may be too hot right now to plant it, and I'm wondering if I should just leave it in the container and take care of it uh, there until the fall and then plant it. Oh, it's a bulb cypress. And it's in a is it a is it a large ball cypress or? Well, yeah, it's 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 in a thirty gallon container, so it's. I, oh I guess yeah, that's, that's a big one. Have you got the yeah. hole dug already? Uh, no, I have not dug a hole. Yeah. Well, what side of town do you live on? Well, it's it's actually not it's it's at Cedar Creek Lake, which is about four hours northeast of here. It's like it's southeast of Dallas. Oh, so you might you might have some soil down there that you can dig well, a hole yeah, in. It's actually soft, sandy soil. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're making us jealous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I think you got digging the hole. Digging the either hole choice will, <laughs> Yeah, either choice will work. I, if you can water it in the ground, it's just as good to put it in the ground. It's okay. Okay. I, I and I'll. Even though I'm, I don't live there full time, I'll I'll be able to have someone water it um, as often as needed. So that that was just my concern. I was just wondering because it's getting you know it's getting pretty hot, and I know this isn't isn't the best time of year uh, to plant yeah. a tree. So just want to make sure it's okay. But they take they take a lot of water. Okay. I, I guess I don't think you can overwater a cypress, can you, Kevin? It'd be okay, hard. Uh, well, but. But it did they grow take a lot the of water, water in the container too. Yeah, they grow in the water. Yeah. Okay. So and and what what are your thoughts on using a, a gator bag, a, a tree gator? 
Um, I don't think it hurts anything. Uh, you still have to fill 30, uh, put 30 gallons in there. So it... Uh, it's a 20-gallon tree gator 20 ga- bag. 20, 20 gallons in there, yeah. The 20-gallon, yeah. uh, 20 gallons would be a, a good amount of water to put in the, if it was still in the container. 20 gallons would probably be a good amount even in the ground. Okay. Every, uh, yeah. I don't know what, if it's a sandy soil, uh, you know, it wouldn't hurt to do it every week. Yeah. Okay, sure. I, yeah, I'll, I'll water it in real well initially. Uh, and then, um, like I said, I'll, I'll be able to water it a couple yeah, times you're not, a week. You're, I, you're, are you by a river or a creek it's, or it's, something? It's, it's on the lake. On uh, the lake, okay. Large lake, good. yes. Yeah. That's a good so, choice. Um, yeah. and That'll look nice. So I'll be able to use lake water as well. <laughs> Sounds good. I okay, think the, good. Yeah, the, the, the container is even... Can get mighty hot and yeah, uh, so the the soil okay. might be a relief for the tree. Okay, okay, that's a thought. Okay, well, very good. I think um, I think I'll go ahead and plant it then. I appreciate your help. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Good, good, luck. good luck digging the hole. Thanks <laughs> Thank <for> you. <laughs> yeah, be, be thinking about us uh, when we have to dig a thirty-gallon hole up here in the <laughs> caliche and the rock and. The, we can't no. do it. <laughs> I, I, I know what that's like as well. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Thank you for calling. All Thanks, right. Mike. You take care. All right. That'll free up a line. 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. Toll free. It's 866 308. You mean it's toll free? 8867. Yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to think of. Uh, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, rats. Okay. okay. I'm, a, rats? I'm the only one who's supposed to do that, Milton. Oh, okay. You're not old enough to do that. Uh, not old enough to do what? <laughs> to forget. Oh, well, I can't remember. What were we talking about? <laughs> we I got, don't know. Where are we? Yeah. <laughs> we got a question uh, in on plantanswers.com uh, to, uh, to me. Okay. <laughs> and... Uh, it says, good morning, my daughter lives on Hickman Street in Bernie. I'm visiting her from Beaumont. I was watering the plants the other day and noticed one of her cray myrtles wasn't looking very good. As I looked closer, I noticed perfect circles chewed in the leaves. Hmm. What can do? What can I do to get rid of the pest that's doing this? Well, uh, that's not causing your crepe myrtle to be, have a problem. But uh, I, I imagine you water is going to pep them up. But uh, he also sent some pictures of the perfect circles chewed in the leaves. What? What's the punchline? <laughs> So do you know what that is, Calvin? Um, yeah, yeah, the there the those uh, bees. Bees, yeah, if there's bees. It's, uh, yeah. that do that, and they don't. Uh, and you said that they didn't bother them because they're not uh, overzealous in their. Yeah, they leave you half a leaf, don't yeah, they? Yeah, that's right, and they just take a few, and uh, they don't devastate the whole whole tree. So. Usually, usually see those on roses. 
Yeah, that's Big the most, most common place to yeah. see. Yeah, and uh, I don't. They what they what they're doing is cutting out a a section of the leaf for a fungal to, garden, right? Yeah, to build a nest. Yeah, or okay. to have a nest. Hmm. And uh, there's really nothing you can spray them with because they're not physically eating the leaf. Well, and it's not. Yeah, no, no. Uh, desirable result for spraying, right. for spraying them. Yeah. But that's not what's causing the uh, <laughs> the uh, plants to not look very good. I, I, I think that would be water and fertility. And I've I've gotten a couple emails on that same line of uh, of uh, of uh, crepe myrtles looking like they're uh, stressed in terms of nutrients yeah. and and my. You know, you the pe- people that bring send the question, they they uh, want it to be a nutrient. They expect it to be a nutrient, and it may be. But generally, it's just like Jerry said. The first thing is the water. I looked at one this morning where where it was uh, all red. The leaves were kind of a uh, oh yeah. And then uh, then I there was a picture showing that the the turf grass grew right up to the t- up to the uh, yeah. plant there, and the turf grass was well watered. But <laughs> I suspected that if you dug into there, that the root ball was not getting any. Yeah, any they water. they hadn't girdled a root, uh, trunk, had they? I couldn't see that, but I I might uh, have. Yeah, I suspected that it was uh, got a little bit of the only water it got was when they sprinkled the lawn. Yeah, and which is. Which an established plant may be okay, and depending on what your soil is, but in a lot of our situations, new planted, uh, that that is not going to work. You got to make sure that water gets into that root ball. So you got to get a little special water, and then it's always a good idea to have a, a mulched area around the trunk too, so right. that. As Jerry mentioned, uh, one of the w- w- main causes of problems is that you use a string mower to get the grass there, yeah. and then you injure, especially on crepe myrtles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another one is uh, red oaks. Red oaks are really notorious. Yeah, and no, careful, no matter how careful you are, the best of us will girdle those plants. All it takes is one lick of that yeah. string to... Uh, Damage your plant. So first thing, when you got that uh, looking like they're uh, stressed, uh, first thing to suspect is water. And you can do a little, you know, do a little digging in there. And uh, you don't have to dig much to realize that that root ball is all dried out. And then you can just set the hose there for an hour or two hours. You don't have to run it very hard. And that initial uh, watering, get it soaked. Right, and then after that, on a regular basis, especially especially for a recently established fruit barber. Yeah, and uh, doesn't you know, hurt doesn't hurt to for a little slow release lawn fertilizer. I'm trying to think of what that bee is called. Uh, I, I want to say leaf cutter bee, but that I think you're right. Leaf is that uh, it? Leaf cutter sounds right to me. Okay, but uh, there I may be another of, name too. I always think of leaf cutter ants when I say leaf cutter. Leaf. <laughs> well, it'll come to us, or somebody will. Yeah, well, somebody we, in we the audience get, will. There you go. 
We rely on our audience to help us. So you can call us at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. And this is in Bernie, which I imagine is kind of rocky, rocky cold. It definitely but, is not the uh, that sandy, diggable soil that the man was talking to us about. Uh, was it Clear Lake or near Dallas? Right. I've, uh, I was looking to see if... Uh, See if crepe myrtles are still on sale. I've seen some people walking out with them, whether they're not are or not. No, I don't see crepe myrtles on sale. But uh, they've got some some nice crepe myrtles here that they got in and uh, in larger containers, and they're real blooming. Uh, like they, in the old days, you'd never buy a crepe myrtle that wasn't blooming. Because especially if you're gonna plant a row of them and you want it all pink, you'd end up with a white no. in the middle, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they pretty well got that straight now. I think since they're growing in containers, but uh, that used to be a real problem. I know. Um, so our pink crepe myrtle is blooming now. I'm trying to think if, I, if I've seen them around town and earlier. Yeah, they bloom at different times. Yeah. Some are earlier than others. What is this right here? They're, they're interesting. The purple leaf thread, the purple leaf crepe Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There they are. Uh, whether the leaves are, are purple or... Yeah, are dark and dark. pretty. And uh, so uh, with the, it kind of accents the blue. I mean the bloom. Yeah, and then is the white also a crepe myrtle next year? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's a crepe myrtle. Yeah. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Toll free, it's 866-308-8867, the number to call to be a part of it. Got about a minute left uh, before we get you caught up with the news, so I want to remind you. Yes, sir? Did you well, have- I want to remind everybody, too, that they've got the... Uh, San Antonio water system. Uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the area that shows all the plant. Well, most of the plants that are on their uh, coupon list over there, so you can tell. It's kind of, special display. Yeah, it really makes it convenient because yeah. there's four or five of each variety, and you kind of look at them and how they fit together. And then there's more of them all through the, the nursery, regular sections of them. But uh, right. it's worth it to make a trip just to see that. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to 9.30 a.m. This is The Answer. Millburgers Gardening South Texas is sponsored by Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Such a pretty day here at Millburgers at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. We've got uh, Fredericksburg peaches outside. If uh, you're looking for that, when you come by, you can get some from one of the vendors. Uh, Boy, they're good, too. Are they? Did you have one? Yeah. uh, My daughter got some. Oh, good. And uh, they're smaller, but uh, they're good. 
What, what, what selection do we know? They didn't say. Oh, but you find out for yourself. And Let's then, see, is that it's the middle of June? I guess we might. Hmm. Kevin, I don't, I don't think they grow the old varieties that we know. Yeah. Well, we know that. I was thinking of the one that's generally done at the end of June uh, that we recommend. Uh, 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 Love Yeah. Now, did you grow peaches? What did you grow? Peaches, yeah. yeah. peaches. Oh, do you yeah. have nightmarish flashbacks of growing peaches? <laughs> I, actually, I, I, I actually, hear in your voice when you describe your experience, well, there's a little bit of love and, and sort of fondly reminiscing, but there's also the shakiness that you get. And well, it's, it's, it's easy to, uh, to fall in love with that life. <laughs> yeah. But then, then if you are... Uh, um, you compare the t- all the work you put in, oh. and the money you invest, and the money you get back in return. It's probably not the it's not the wisest way to make a living. Try to make a living. We yeah. had it, yeah. It just it agriculture seems like a rather hectic, risky. Yeah, risky. That's a good, much better word. Life. Yeah. For? <laughs> yeah, because you've 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 expressed you know everything was great with uh, this particular crop, and then we got the rains. It's like oh, <laughs> I poor farmers. I just can't imagine the. Uh, and sometimes they have produce. Yeah, everything is great, and they go all the way to the end, and then uh, they can't sell the produce for some oh flaw. Uh. <laughs> now they have. I wonder if anybody does it. Have you seen the imperfect? Uh, what's it called? Imperfect crop or imperfect something or other, where there someone has capitalized on that and they're they're selling you know peaches that have blemishes and stuff like that. Well, oh, you, that's a good idea. And that's that's one of the good reasons to have a roadside stand. Yeah. Too, because you can. Uh, oh yeah, you control you sell those. Yeah, you've got some more, and then yeah. You know, I, I just concentrated on early peaches, June gold and spring gold, and uh, then you're re- you're completely at the mercy of uh, large wholesalers. No. Oh. And uh, whereas if you've got a season long, uh, then you can sell them. You can sell them in the uh, roadside stand, and then you can sell the the various smaller retailers and, and wholesalers. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah. These peaches that uh, my daughter had had bought and uh they were smaller. And I thought to myself, I thought about you and Thinning. Uh the early peaches which are valuable, so I don't imagine they could bring themselves to thin the crop. But they're small but they're uh they're good. Yeah. They're sweet as their sugar. Hmm. Unlike Maygold and all that stuff that uh, we grew up with. Yeah. But anyway, no, uh, just, we've got them a, a stand just, right out front there yeah. with a little tent. And you don't even have to come in and park. You can yeah, actually, park you can, right by them. Right by the stand, you just kind of jump out and uh, pick up something, pay them, and go. Now the, uh, we'd love for you to come in, though. <laughs> the, one, the ones I love will be coming off in July. Which are those? Uh, uh, red red skin. Hmm. They're the late late maturing, free stone. In other words, they come. The seed comes out easy, and uh, 
if they thin properly, they'll be big and juicy. And then uh, some people, uh, people when they think about, uh, they say, "Why? Why did you grow those little early peaches?" Yeah. And then you remind them that you can harvest something on May tenth. That means you don't have to take care of it and fight insects and disease right. and frost until June tenth. Yeah. So there's all all of these different uh, pressures and uh, challenges, uh, and then the and then there's a, a lot of peaches available as the the summer progresses too, and so the price goes down for the those early peaches. Oh. If, you had a, if you had a good crop, good size, and early early by just a few days, they could be double. Double what they were they were a week later or four oh, really? days later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an exciting it's kind of an exciting game. <laughs> that that screaming that you heard in the background there was a yeah. a mother with three young children rushing to the bathroom, yeah. oh, running man. to the bathroom. Yeah, they were on they were on a mission. <laughs> I'm glad they knew where it was, Milton. <laughs> yeah, they seem to. That's good. Uh, All right, 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. Our buddy Dennis wrote us from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. Huh? I didn't see that one. When did he write us? He sent you a copy yeah. last Sunday. Oh, okay. I missed it, Dennis. June 7th. Uh, program, a caller, I think it was Bert, knew, knew the family farming, the farming family that Jerry had been talking about. Bert was requesting information about the lady that wrote to Jerry about the farming family. This is the information about the lady that contacted Jerry, Jerry in case Bert could not find it. And uh, Milton, Milton was a uh, didn't want me to call out her name. Yeah, but she's a blogger, so you she, can call her uh, blog. And... She, uh, Dennis found her name, email number. Well, don't give out all picture. that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is that off her blog, or what's that off? I don't know. Just, just give the web address, and that, that way says, not... here Here's the lady, lady you uh, need to see or speak to with about the blog. Our Somerset era history, or any history, I guess. Uh, she's me. <laughs> what? And, uh, uh, maybe, maybe she sent the picture. Anyway, it's uh, we we gave the the blog last yeah, week. Yeah, do you remember the? Uh, I don't know if I have that or not. It was Somerset history something. Yeah. I don't know. It, I'll find it, it in had a two minute. T's in it. That was which kind of threw everybody. Yeah, I'll find it. All right, minute. let me see what's going on here. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Our number two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. But yeah, we'll have to actually. That would be interesting to to read about Somerset. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Dennis. I missed that. <laughs> I found it. Found it. Oh, what's that? Oh. <laughs> Do you, yeah, do you I want got us? the original here. Here it is. Uh, no, that's not it. Should we email her and try to get her on the show to talk about the? Uh... Yeah, we got a telephone number and everything else. All right, we'll we'll uh, maybe we'll call her for tomorrow or something or next week. 
Okay. And she's talking about who again? The uh, Hoffman? The Hoffman family. And they were the ones that did the chili, too, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they have the chili? In fact, they did it here. Exactly. One. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So here, chili at our Texas uh, rodeo. Yeah, that's right. what it was. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll call her and get her on the show. All right. Uh-oh, Trace is coming up. I don't wonder what we said. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we said anything bad. He doesn't look angry. No. <laughs> Never angry. All right, flip that that over to me here. Oh, okay. We're going fishing. Uh, yeah, he uh, he he isn't mad at you because he didn't throw it hard at you. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hang on. All right. Two one zero. Whoops. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. 210-308-8867. Trace is plugged in. You know what else is over there, Jerry? Uh, that Ruella, Dorf Ruelia for good ground cover, sun or shade. Oh, uh, yeah. We actually got a, the tall one in, excellent too. Excellent one with the blue flowers. We actually got the tall one in, too. Um, that's very hard to find nowadays. And that's a good thing, Trace. Well... Uh, <laughs> Because it's invasive. So, so people uh, said that about Purple Heart, too, but yeah. you love it. I love Purple Heart. <laughs> You've got Purple Heart I down do. the hill. I walk by it every time. And my Purple Heart is really looking pretty this year. It's it thrown back, thrown back. And now it's got shoots of a dark purple uh, flowers on growing in solid stone. So it, it's a good one. I found a, uh, I discovered a plant as I was walking out of the show last week, and I got all excited about it. I wrote myself a note so I wouldn't forget. And uh, we, we've talked about coral vine yeah. on this program quite a bit. But uh, Trace has got, uh, or Millburgers has got, uh, a red we do, and uh, it, it it it's called fandango, and I I counted before I walked up here. Uh, I know Trace doesn't like us talking about things that uh, <laughs> I've got many of, but he got about sixteen down there, yeah. and they're they're in smaller containers, so they'll be easy to plant. Five gallon. And so, they're, <laughs> so we're going to talk about some things that I don't have very many of here tonight. <laughs> oh, okay. But I was excited about that fandango because uh, it's a it's a like I said it's a red coralvine rather than pink. There. And it's it's one of the it's a only one of the only flowers uh, has one of the only flowers that I can't take a picture of. Huh. I mean it's so. So brilliant, so brilliant, and, uh, and the flower looks out of focus when you take a digital picture. Oh, yeah, picture that's what I was trying to explain to Laura. That's and right. I think I think Jerry, when we oh ten, ten or eleven years ago, when we were talking about it, uh, we we figured out or some of the gardeners that tried it, the master gardeners, it wasn't quite as aggressive. It didn't take over the whole. Uh, the whole I'm not yard like, that the, like the pink one did. <laughs> but but we beautiful. Do, we do have some of the pink too. Yeah. So if you want one to take over the whole, everybody got pink. Who wants pink? Most people don't even know there's red. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, or white. <laughs> you got a white? Not no, but I will. Soon. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, that's that's one of the the few plants that the deer will eat at, but may not be never eat catch it up fast with. enough with. It. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing about this fandango, uh, uh, we were going to make that a Texas superstar because it is spectacular, and uh, we we could never get a grower to uh, propagate it. Uh, I mean, it's easy to root, but then they have to handle it. Because that vine takes off growing. And uh, so we have to stake them and tie them and all that, like yours are. And, uh, but we finally got a guy that said that he would propagate them for, with uh, color spot out here. And Is that I, what put him out of business? <laughs> no. He, uh, I think he left or something, and, and the people weren't as dedicated to keeping them in bounds as, as they should have been. And so I thought it was off the market. That's why I got so excited about it. James Spivey oh, yeah. Remember found James. that in uh, Fredericksburg, growing in somebody's yard. And uh, he gave me some, and, and we propagated from that. I took the original cuttings that those plants came from out to color spots. Uh, and got them off of the roof of a, of one of my volunteers who had had one of the red ones he got from me. And uh, it grew all the way up on the top of his garage. So all I had to do was get up on the top of the garage. <laughs> and I was, I was younger than Trey. I hope so. And I, <laughs> I think Trey's figured that. I got, I got up on the garage and just took the cuttings up there. Good cutting. So if, right. if it's less aggressive, it wasn't that much less aggressive. Yeah, it's it's okay. it's fairly, and we had it we had it over, over the fence on a, over the propagator. Well, that's one of the characteristics yeah. of coral vine is that it'll grow over the top yeah. top I, of a. I think a you do just want to take a nap, and then you can, I'll uh, wake you up when they're when they're through. Sure. Anyway, the fandango uh, coral vine is available. Well, Trace is on the porch with us, oh, trying to get yeah, a word in edgewise. What's going on, Trace? Well, I want to talk about some unusual things that we got in this week. Oh, so we, do we need an unusual plant theme song? Uh, it's a whole bunch of weird things. So okay, we'll, we'll work on <laughs> we, that we for tomorrow. We can do that. We'll, we'll, we'll give Al a break because he, he wasn't prepared. So next to so tomorrow, you'll probably talk about him, too. So we so, need maybe like a Twilight Zone thing or something. Uh, we, well, no, we're okay, just going. All right, yeah. Uh, all right, so... Um, it's that time of year where the plumeria lady comes in and oh, brings me right. plumeria. There you go. So we got lots of colors, uh, purples and whites and yellows, and she brought one called a rainbow. I don't know what rainbow means, but it uh, sounds pretty. Yeah. Um, some of them, there's a couple of them that are blooming, I think, in the pink persuasion. She also brought some specimen crown of thorns that are really, right. really nice. That's good. And gout plants. What? It, it, look, it looks like a jatropha on steroids. So it's got it's got the big bulby looking thing at the bottom, but the foliage looks kind of like a jatropha, and the bloom is uh, there's less of them and a little bit a little bit smaller than jatropha. Wow! So hey, it's, it's a cool plant. Different. Uh, Jack plant? Are you saying gout? Gout, like the 
Oh, yeah. Uh, like you have a gout? Yeah. Disease. Yeah, that's, that's a bad name. This is almost as bad as porterweed. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to... I don't uh, know if we won't got plant. You, you won't know until it blooms, but I'm seeing pictures of the rainbow plumeria, and I can read a description of it. Sure. Okay, it's, it's gorgeous. And the, the bloom is different colors. That would be my assumption. Yeah, the luxurious... Rainbow plumeria plant is prized not only for its copious blooms. Copious All right. Blooms. Hey, are they using my na- uh, name? So. I thought you would trademark that term. <laughs> and uh, copyrighted. And stunning fragrance. Oh, good. But also for the gorgeous shades of pink, orange, yellow, and white that come together to give this variety its colorful name. So they're all in the bloom. I can't wow. flip this easily. But Interesting. Yeah, yeah it should be. So I think there's only four of those. Okay. Plumeria are a sensory vocation, is or like a sensory vacation to a tropical destination. Well, you know why, right? They're from Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. They they make the lays out of them. They do. Yeah. No, it's pretty. Google rainbow plumeria and see the pictures, and you're like, anyway. Okay, I'm how, sorry. How tall are these plants? They range a couple feet to like four feet. Oh, okay. So you price, price ranges right along with that too. Okay, yeah. Uh, another one that we got in. Yeah. Night blooming jasmine. All Ooh. Right. We haven't had that in a while. Limited. We had to get them out of Florida, uh, along with our house plants, but that was the only way we could get any in. People have been asking for it, uh, and if you're not familiar with that plant, in the old days, the people would plant them on the south side of their house. All right. This is this is before air conditioning, Milton. So yeah. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry was there, but we weren't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they would plant them on the south side of their house and open their window at night, and the sweet fragrance would fill the house. Yeah, there you go. And you can smell them too when you, if you're walking or something at night, and yeah, you catch a scent of them. They're pretty. And you can put angel trumpet with them, and uh, you got two two fragrances. There you go. Well, I don't know if you'd put they. Uh, Night blooming jasmine is uh, is one of those that's uh, pretty distinctive. Oh, is that right? Well, I, I was not everybody likes the fragrance. Oh, and, okay. And I I think it's it's much more attractive when it's a subtle kind of lingering thing, like coming through the window. Or we ours is on the back on the east side on the patio, and it, it's you know you can smell it thirty feet in either direction. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're neat. They're a neat plant for sure. So two of the unusual ones, the plumerias and the night-blooming jasmine. And do you want to give any prices or no? Well, they range. They range depending yeah, on the container. Yeah, they start at thirty nine ninety nine and go up on the plumeria. Okay. Uh, I think the gout's around the same. Starts at around $30, $30 right. $40. And uh, $29.99 for the uh, night-blooming jasmine. jasmine. Very cool. They're right. full how, of buds. How much is that little one with the... Variegated uh, or the different colors? Uh, I think most of those were in the thirty-nine ninety-nine size. Okay. The, rain, the rainbow plumeria, and it's it's uh, two feet, two or three feet tall. Uh, th- those are probably closer to the two foot. Okay. And there's no blooms on it yet. This or, might be like the fish story. It might be eighteen inches. No. Okay. <laughs> are there are there any blooms on it yet? There aren't. Any. Not on that. No. The, the only one I saw blooming was a pinky pinkish one. Which is kind of cool. I might have to buy that and take it home. <laughs> yeah, the, that's 
Well, the bloom is is sort of pink, but it, again, yeah, there's like a a pink heart in the center, and then the colors kind of yeah. go out from there. I'll have to show what you. What do y'all recommend on that Primera? Is it the morning sun, afternoon shade? Uh, mine do best where they're in the morning sun, afternoon shade, but I do have one that gets afternoon sun. Oh, Lord. Well, actually, it's the prettiest one of the bunch right now. <laughs> its leaves are like three times the size of all the other ones, okay. and it's, it's blooming everywhere. In fact, it's blooming so much, it's, it's making a mess on the, <laughs> oh, on the no. patio. Oh, that's wow. A, that's a nice mess. That's a nice problem to have. All right. Any other plants unusual? Well, that was, that was four, so uh, okay. I'll look around for tomorrow. Yeah, cool. And, is, uh, and you've got a lot of great plants on sale. We do, and it's some like things Texas. that we've never had on sale before. Let's see if I can figure that out. All right, hold on. Let me Plenty get... of Inca. Yeah. yeah. Lots of Inca. A lot of Texas superstars. Appreciate you carrying those. Skullcap. Never had Skullcap on sale before. I don't remember seeing it. Drought-tolerant perennial blooms for months on end. Tiny pink and purple snapdragon-like flowers. Uh, great for mass planting in the one number one pot. Number one, 488. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. We talked a little bit earlier about the compact fire bush. Yep, that's never been on sale before. Very cool. I'm trying to think of what else. That might be it. Okay. <laughs> you got some more fun stuff next week, too? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Okay. In terms of our butterfly plants, uh, we've got a few... I know we we got a few porter weed left. Uh-huh. And we got lots of mist flower, don't we? We do. And uh, uh, Butterf- butterfly milkweed, weed, yeah. milkweed, lots of it. Yeah. And uh, of course, Ruelia, Ruelia, and lots and lots of lantana blooming up a storm too. That, this time of the year, well, as the summer progresses, lantana gets to be more oh, and more yeah. of an important. Uh, I'm growing more fond of the Carlos lantana. Right, which I is a real name. Have, I think I just have fun saying that. Yeah, it says it's kind of, No, no, it's a real thing now. Yeah. It is a real thing. Yeah. What, which one is that? When okay. you see it, oh, yeah, uh, como va? Does it look uh, good? Yep. Color. Uh, I have to go grab, grab one. And plenty of Vinca. I'm pretty. Uh, I imagine that's going to be uh, from now on, those people with uh, deer, and that's almost everybody now. Uh, gonna be uh, coming and getting some vinca, and you've got that uh, super disease-resistant vinca, Tacora vinca. Some, some of them, yeah. And uh, what is it? What's the initial? XDR. There we go. Oh. Did you get it, Milton? Oh no, I, I put a D instead of the R. <laughs> he had letters, though. I had uh, extra disease tolerant. There but, you go. Rather than resistant. <laughs> That's a that's a dangerous uh, initial thing because you you mess that up and people aren't going to want to buy it. No, <laughs> um, it'll come to you later. The uh, we were talking earlier too. The, how are the purple uh, leafed uh, crepe myrtles doing? Uh, there, there's a the pink variety for some reason seems to be outselling the white. All the other colors of the dark. Oh, really? Well, right now all the other colors. Period. Huh? Um, it isn't more in bloom, but uh, but. The uh, I think the white actually looks cooler with that dark leaf and the white bloom. Yeah, it looks kind of like what that. What was the plant that the snow joey? That wasn't crepe myrtle though. Snow joey was a uh, viburnum. Yeah, that's sort of that. The that was last wh- week's plant of the weekend. Yeah, that white kind of that you have over there with the purple leaf sort of looks like 
the same pictures and it has that same effect. Looks like snow on That's the. That's the pink one I'm talking about right here. That's the dark. What's the white next to it? Uh, maybe you can't see it because the woman. That's the one I thought would sell the best. Oh yeah, it's really cool. But the pink one is the one that's outperforming. Okay, well, I don't think you care. <laughs> yeah, you're just happy they're selling. And, yeah, and that pink, that pink uh, is not a dark pink, so it uh, it it's light pink, and that goes with the dark leaves, or shows off among the dogs dark leaves. Hey Trace, I got to take a quick break. Uh, you want to hang for a sec if you can? Uh, I doubt it. Okay. Well, anything we need to bring up that before we take a break? I don't think so. Okay, cool. We'll take a quick break and come back in a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. Oh, the geez. Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And we're going to talk Texas superstars. Millburgers features Texas superstars this weekend. And Texas superstars are plants that have a proven track record of doing well in South Texas and throughout the state of Texas. Now we got some great ones on sale this week. Let's start talking about them. Vinca, Periwinkle, the Cora series is a Texas superstar. They look absolutely gorgeous. You see them blooming around town, and in the four-inch pot, they're now just 98 cents each. You've got to love Blue Plumbago. If you own Blue Plumbago, you love Blue Plumbago, and right now, in the number one pot, 488. Don't wait on this one, because the last time, they were taking them off the rack as we were putting them on the ground. Texas Lilac Vitex is blooming all around town and you can get it right now in the number three container for just 1888 gold star esperanza is on sale thoralis is on sale and much much more at millburgers landscape nursery 1604 on bull road Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 a.m. The answer. Beautiful day here at Millburgers at 1604 on Bull Road. And we encourage you to come on out and uh, spend some time with us. And uh, it's a nice, uh, bright day. I'm trying to find a cloud in the sky, and I'm having trouble doing it. I don't see one. So, all right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. We got another question in from someone uh, uh, there in San Antonio, I think. Hibiscus not blooming is a is a, and I imagine we got a lot of people with that problem. The question is, I have three large tropical hibiscus in large pots, double bloomers that have lots of beautiful dark green leaves, but they seldom bloom. Hmm. If I put them in full sun, the leaves are drooping by the end of the day, even though they were watered in the morning. It's got to be in full sun. (laughs) I have been using miracle Grow on them every few days and plain water in the between days. Two of them have never bloomed. The other one has one or two, but not often. And it's suggested. And Forrest writes it back. Uh, Richard, I assume that your hibiscus are not even producing bloom buds. If that is the case, the plants are not getting enough light. Tropical hibiscus must have full sun to bloom their best. 
If the plants wilt in full sun, perhaps they should be repotted into larger containers. Or just put up with them wilting a little bit. And yeah. Uh, 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 I imagine that you do better in uh, morning sun and afternoon shade, uh, as we tell everybody. <laughs> they, uh, and the guy writes back that, thank you for your response. If I put them in any larger containers, I'll not be able to move them. <laughs> So, uh, I, 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 you know, you can use a, a whiskey barrel-sized container and put uh, heavy-duty coasters, drill a hole in the bottom of the yeah. deal and put heavy-duty coasters on there, and you'd be able to roll it in. I'm kind of I'm kind of with Forrest. I think you just got to, just because it wilts in the uh, sun doesn't mean it's not going to perform. It's, it's got to adjust. They get used to whatever they're growing in. They're they're pretty versatile. They're pretty tough. Those. Yeah. And if they're not they're not blooming, if they're not tough enough to bloom in our conditions, uh, then get get a different one. Yeah. I was I was just thinking of mine. I've got a a yellow one. Those, that, are, those are pretty. Yeah. Some colors are a little bit more difficult to get to bloom, but yeah, I think he's he's being he's being a little. Too uh, soft on the, and I think the double bloomers are maybe more uh, difficult to get to yeah. bloom, and have more. Uh, they, you got to watch out for thrips on those things. The the blooms will never open. Of course, we don't know how little this container. Did he say, did he say? No, doesn't say. Hey, we have James on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hi, James. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? James, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yep, we got you. Okay, hold on one second. All right. We're on the air. Can you hear me? Come on. Yep, we got you. Hey, listen, I thought of a second question. I got me, you know? Yeah. We got you, James. You're on the air. Okay. Okay. I got two questions. First one, I, I just talked to Ted Francis, Coral Vine. Yeah, I think he, Trey said y'all had five-gallon containers, and I've always wanted to I never have. So if I get some of those or have them hold me some and pick them up tomorrow or Monday, how far apart? I'm trying to figure out how many I would need. Uh, I got a chain-link fence I want to grow it on. What what are you talking about for plant? The red coral, the red coral vine. Oh yeah, your phone breaks up on us. Well, how fast? How fast does it need to be covered, James? <laughs> Say again. How fast? Oh, well, well, I'm fifty. I'm fifty-five, and I may only have a few more days left to go. I'm not sure. Oh, no, it, no, I, yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, I'm. My expectation is that it will cover the whole. Whole fence oh, in, in yeah. the course of a summer. Yeah, but if you want oh, okay. to, yeah. Okay, so if I got about a hundred and twenty feet of chain link fence, I want to cover how far? Three, three or four. Would three do or four it quick. Okay. Three or four. Yeah, plants would do it quick. I think. Oh, over the whole fence. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's and talking there- about. Well, you're talking about eight or ten feet apart. Well, it's 120, so there would be oh, it'd be 30 feet apart, okay. four of them. 
Okay. Wait a minute. Y'all confuse me now. So if I get these five-gallon containers, how far apart on center do I plant them? Well, you can... It depends on how fast you want them to fill in. They have the yeah, potential. Right. They have the potential to go go maybe half of that fence in a summer. So if you want it fast, you'd get four of them, and you'd have you'd have it half yeah. halfway through the summer. You'd probably have it covered. Yeah. Oh, they grow. They grow that. Okay, they're that vigorous. Okay, oh, are those that fast? Okay, I've all I've always admired them. I've just never had any coral vine. And when I heard y'all say red, I went inside and asked my wife, and she said that's a winner. Is there a picture of that somewhere online? The red one? No, oh, I don't no. know. No, I I talked about the history of it. Shopping. Uh, like I said, James Spivey, who used to work for Color Spot and used to work for uh, other nurseries and was at the botanical garden, found it in yeah. Fredericksburg. Is that right? Uh, yeah, found it in Fredericksburg. The red one? The red, red one? one. Yeah. Okay. Sharpen so up your machete, James. <laughs> Ancestors yeah, settled in about 1850, so that was a great plant for me to, to pick yeah. up then. The okay, a second, one, a second one, if y'all have a minute. Okay. Have, y'all have a minute for the second question? Yeah, go, yeah. Ahead, go quick. Okay, I had a Choctaw that's about uh, 10, 12 years old. It almost died on me because it almost got decapitated by an oak limb that fell on it. But back and it's a good 15 feet or better tall and it's got a few nuts on it but what i noticed just the other day up the bark uh, it's got this flaky stuff coming off almost like when a tree wants to start dying but the top of the tree looks gorgeous and full and new growth is that something to be concerned about or is that normal the bark is what was the tree choctaw pecan yes sir is it a choctaw pecan now, yes. uh, and it's pretty tall and pretty old. It's older, right? No, it's only about 12 years old. Oh. Only about what? About 12 oh. years old. 12. Oh, okay. That's old enough. Yeah. Uh, that shedding of the bark is, is normal. Oh, okay. And it's splitting a little bit, the bark, too. Is that normal as well? Right, on the lower? yeah, that's normal. Okay, I was really getting nervous about it because I rescued this tree once. Okay, otherwise it looks good. Got yeah, a few nuts on pecan's it. a good one. Okay. Thanks, All James. Right. I'll see you tonight. See Thank you. tomorrow. All right. All right. Bud is on the line at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Bud, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Doing fairly good. How are you all? Good, good. What's going on, Bud? Uh, <clears throat> numerous times uh, I've heard you all talk about planting uh, sweet potatoes. Right. And, and you all have said, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you all have said what you plant is a slip. That's S-L-I-P. I guess that's what you all are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I've never really been able to understand that that much. Um, uh, I... Uh, I was peeling a sweet potato a couple of days ago, and it had been sitting on the table long enough to where it had these sprouts coming out. Okay. Uh, anywhere between two and four or five inches high. Okay, so, good. So before I really peeled, uh, I drilled out those uh, little sprouts. And after I got them out there, 
uh, laying aside, I said, "Oh, I wonder if this what this is what they've been saying." Um, potato slips. Right, that's it. Well, what what I, what I did, I used the pointed end of the peeler, you know, and kind of uh, went around to dig out the thing. And of course, there was uh, a little bit of flesh on it. And I okay. think I remember y'all saying, uh, you know, you you plant that little piece of flesh. Am, am, right. am, am, uh, I, am I right? Yeah, sweet potatoes uh, are non-polar. In other words, you can plant them upside down or right side up, and they'll they'll root and take off. Uh, but uh, did, did did you have them buried deep? And the potting mix, uh, so you could get some roots on the bottom. Once well, you pull them. Uh, what I did, I planted the uh, sprout upright. Right. And and the piece of the flesh was oh, I guess a half inch beneath the surface. Is that how you okay. plant them? I, I thought yeah. I also heard one time where you say, well, you lay them down and then cover them with soil. No. Uh, they kind of do that commercially, but uh, uh, you you did right by planting them uh, deep. Up, upright? Upright. And, and would, would, would a half inch be deep enough or go deeper? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I say, you can put them uh, almost as deep as you want to, depending on how large the uh, sprout is, uh, the, the slip is. Okay. And what is the best time of year to do this? Uh, right now. Uh, you have to wait till the soil warms up, and I think it's warm enough now. Okay. Now, they're going to run all over the place, so... Uh, so they're going to make a vine. Oh, yeah, big time. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were able to get me to the point of understanding okay, it now. Okay, no problem. Call <laughs> anytime. So all right. Bye. Okay, thanks for calling. All right, 210-308-8867. Well, Calvin's answering a question off the air. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break and come back in a moment and find out what that was about right after this. 210-308-8867. More of Melberger's Gardening, South Texas, coming up on 930 a.m. This is The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road, and we're going to talk Texas superstars. Millburgers features Texas superstars this weekend, and Texas superstars are plants that have a proven track record of doing well in South Texas and throughout the state of Texas. Now, we got some great ones on sale this week. Let's start talking about them. Vinca, Periwinkle, the Cora series is a Texas superstar. They look absolutely gorgeous. You see them blooming around town. And in the four-inch pot, they're now just 98 cents each. You've got to love Blue Plumbago. If you own Blue Plumbago, you love Blue Plumbago. And right now, in the number one pot, 488. Don't wait on this one, because the last time they were taking them off the rack as we were putting them on the ground. Texas Lilac Vitex is blooming all around town and you can get it right now in the number three container for just 1888 gold star esperanza is on sale thoralis is on sale and much much more at millburgers landscape nursery 1604 on Boulevardy road and welcome back to millburgers gardening south texas on 9 30 a.m the answer 210-308-8867 
210-308-8867. Y'all were having an interesting conversation off the air. What were y'all at talking about? Well, we were talking about uh, trying to grow gardenias. Oh. And, uh, and this this was a, pr- a real skilled gardener uh, that's spent a lot of time in Georgia and uh, the southeast. Yeah. And he was trying to convert the soil, acidify the soil in oh. his growth. And Milt, I was telling him about your experience, Milt. Yeah. Containers are always easier. And then there's said uh, that we've had a number of gardeners that have sunk containers. And then Jerry brought up his issue, like he always does. Hmm? What's your soil like? You, have you ever dug a 30-gallon hole? <laughs> that's, a big, oh. that's a big hole. Now, in fact, he has pretty much because he's tried to convert. <laughs> and his first attempt at changing the soil, he determined that he didn't dig enough out so he's, oh, okay. he started over and he's got pretty done pretty well but uh yeah it's, it's not him, an easy task i asked him could he dig a hole big enough for a 30 gallon container you know what he said mm-hmm. i got a pickaxe <laughs> oh my gosh so he's not he, he, he knows the challenge yeah he, determined he, he wasn't a young fellow either uh, but he was determined yeah and uh I, I started to ask him did his wife want those gardenias but he, it seemed that he wants those gardenias. Yeah, yeah he seems to he likes the fragrance. Pretty dedicated to it. <laughs> Was the August Beauty a gardenia? I yeah, think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have to. I wonder if they still have some. Those were nice. I enjoyed them. Yeah. And actually, once I did the container and set it up properly, I really didn't have to change much. We No. It just. It was happy until it got too much rain, and then and well, it's it's a, the, the sun is a little challenging too. You got to be careful about oh the, yeah, just the morning sun, yeah, rather than that. It just doesn't put up with our afternoon sun. But what food people is they're so easy to grow in acidic soil, like uh, East Texas and uh, Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, you just stick them in the ground and stand back. And they produce all those fragrances. It's kind of like our lantanas or something. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Really? That's nice. <laughs> the well, um, something I see around town a lot that's kind of blooming too, but it's it's kind of sounds the same. It's that that deceptive magnolia. I see them all up and down Blanco Road, and they look yeah. gorgeous. And but I know that other people have a hard time growing them. Little, and they're, they're huge. Gym, I think they call it. Well, I don't know. These are. Pretty tall, and they look like the regular standard magnolia. Mm. Well, that's there's but, a, but they're huge. I mean, they're they're taller than a house. They they kind of lure the the ones that do survive lure other gardeners. To yeah, try. I know. But they're the percentage that survive are not very. It's not very high. I always tell everybody, you never see an ugly old one, right? And you never see a good looking young one. Yeah, maybe if Mark Peterson is listening and not yelling at the radio like he says he does occasionally. I'm wondering if there are just pockets in town where they do better. Like, okay, I'm seeing them up and down Blanco Road yeah. between, uh, say, West Avenue and uh Well, and River, Ro- River Road or some places that have that yeah. stream bed soil would be, yeah. you would think would be easier to grow, to grow them there. And, in fact, River Road has had... I remember right has a number of them that, or at one time had a number of them that were surviving, yeah. looking good. 
So, Mark, you can call us if there are pockets that just, for whatever reason, you don't have to explain why if you don't want to, seem to do better. Because I imagine if you get, okay, so, like, if you drive down Blanco, picture yourself, you're driving down Blanco. Okay. Are you there? I got it. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, what are you listening to? That's okay. Um, But you get past 410, and there's Magnolias to the right of you, Magnolias to the left of you. You get past West Avenue. And I bet there's not a single magnolia, or if there is, it's one or two. It's like there's some line they've crossed soil-wise or hmm. rain-wise. I don't know. It's just weird. I've never noticed that. I'll, I'll notice it today. I'll, I'll give you a report tomorrow. <laughs> I'll drive down Blanco. But it, As you get closer to 1604, too, I bet there are fewer and fewer of them. I, I guess people like magnolias mainly if they grew up around them, like yeah. in the southeastern United States. But uh, some people don't like magnolias. Oh, because why? Oh, the leaves? There's nothing that grow under. Nothing that will grow under them. Right. And uh, the leaves kind of are big and brittle and don't 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 and fall off. Sometimes. So you you pick up individual leaves with a shovel. Yeah, yeah. you almost could. Yeah, they're huge. And uh, the main problem is nothing will grow under them. And you need to actually prune them where they have lower branches to shade the soil. So You can't put any soil, any shade-loving plants underneath uh-uh. them? Wow, really? Yeah. It's that they, much they shade? They have dense shade. Yeah, they do. Wow, I didn't know that. But uh, people like that big bloom, big white bloom. Well, and it's a handsome tree. If it's yeah, a, it's yeah. a specimen tree that yeah. pros- prospers and fragrant blooms. The la- last couple of droughts took most of them out. Yeah, of San Antonio. we we had one. This was year, years ago. Once they started to decline, they yeah it doesn't take them long to yeah. you can tell that they're not they're not happy and they're not going to yeah. they don't seem to recover. One of the things that Mark said that was at least comforting after the fact was we had one. And we had a, a home uh, in Monta Vista that had, I think, a couple of them. And one just started to go, and we had an arborist. And it's like, okay, we're going to fertilize it, water it, water it, water it, water it. And there was nothing that we did that could have saved it. And Mark said exactly the same thing, that once they go, once they're deteriorating, there's nothing you can do to bring them back. So, yeah, it's nice to talk about Mark when he can't defend himself. <laughs> But you know, you know they're native to Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi state plant, yeah. state tree. Yeah, yeah. We when we drove to Alabama, it was just magnolia blooming time, and the highways are covered side to side with magnolias, and it's oh, just yeah. it's just beautiful. But yeah, not, but not, anyway, anyway, I shouldn't talk not, about plants. They're that not that good for Texas. Okay, just enjoy them. Drive down Blanco, and you can enjoy looking at them. Yeah, until those people have to pull them up. Uh, I finally. Found this lady that's doing the uh, the uh, Somerset history. That'll do it. The Somerset history. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You found it. Yeah, that'll do it. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, the the guy has now got a he's got a thirty thirty gallon and he thinks the digging is going to be a lot. He's reconsidering that a little bit. Okay, so you got the Somerset person. (laughs) Yeah. What's the blog? The blog. Uh, the it got uh, the. I guess it's a website. Oh, okay. It's Somerset. Let me try the Oh, I see what it is. It's Somerset, Texas stories. 
Oh. So it's S O M E R S E T, which is Somerset. And then followed by T X. And then followed by stories. S T O R I E S dot com. And when you get into that website, um, you can find, uh, uh, I guess, a picture or of uh, Peggy, okay. the historian. So that's that's what that was all about. All right. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll have to reach out to her because we want to. She has more information on the Hoffmans. Yeah. All right. That's a good idea. Uh, somebody wrote in to Neil and said. What would dig these holes in my St. Augustine in the middle of the night? What can I do to stop it? <laughs> and it was armadillos. Oh. <laughs> it writes about armadillos. I have a good discussion on trapping them in humane traps at neilsperry.com. Uh, F-A-Q. Fact. Facts and questions or something. There it is. Oh, okay, but uh, Neil doesn't mention uh, that they're good to eat and that they, they're they good white meat to eat. <laughs> he doesn't bring that up? And you, and you hunt them at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's when they're out. And they're practically blind. So you can... Uh, yeah, you said to just put a trash can or something. They they follow that same path. Yeah, they go they go in the trash can, and uh, also you can get a closer shot at them. Oh, okay. But uh, they're beautiful white meat. So if you got armadillos, uh, recycle, recycle. They're digging for grubs, by the way. Yeah. Uh, mature grubs. So uh, that's what that's what the problem on that is. Uh, let's see, what else do I want to talk about? We got about a minute. Uh, how do we encourage a mandavia to climb a trellis in its pot? Only two of its seven stems are climbing. You always think about how a vine climbs by twining, by tendrils, uh, or by uh, holdfast. Mandevias twine. Maybe you have to coax a few of the stems to wrap around a nearby support, even tying them with a plastic pat tie may be necessary. They'll soon get the message and climb all the way to the top of your uh, uh, trellis or whatever you're going to put them on. We're out of time. Thanks for Al for doing a great job back at the station. Of course, thanks to you for listening. I'm Milton Glick. We're back tomorrow here at Millburger, 1604 and Bull Verde Road. And on the air at 930 a.m., the answer.